comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. Foot race the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is a man who has just spotted landing stateside. The paparazzi is out front taking pictures of a guy who has tons of luggage maybe even baggage to some people but logan stump wow man that that was a that was a whirlwind of a yeah that was a whirlwind of an introduction i was like getting praised and then all of a sudden it turned into just being an awful person so you're awful just say you have baggage everybody has baggage yeah some bigger than others as wayne rooney can tell you yeah uh that opening of a course is uh referring to Wayne Rooney, who is rumored, or it hasn't been officially announced by DC. They're doing that tomorrow. But it's <laughs> been confirmed by sources that he is coming back to DC United, this time as a manager. Uh, before we get into that, though, just wanting to say welcome to the show. Logan, how's everything going? Oh, man, it's been good. Um MLS is starting to heat up as the summer months come in, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, I felt like this weekend was wild, uh, just a lot of stuff going on. Um, so yeah, the the summer's heating up, but the uh, the stands in Orlando are cooling down. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should go just to kind of add a number. You know, I got to add a single unit uh, to that stat that we're probably going to talk about. But man, do we have a lot to talk about? Because I don't want to get too much into my feels because I feel like we do have a ton to talk about. But I'm doing all right. How you doing? Doing good. Um, I'm not sure where we left it last week, but I know I mentioned one of my dogs that had surgery. Now my mm-hmm. other dog has had surgery for pretty much the same issue, we think. So um, that's been a drain, right? But it's been uh, it's been good otherwise. Um, you know, both of them have handled it well, so. Just kind of uh, otherwise spent most of my weekend watching the MLS action. Played some softball, had the game of my life. So that was pretty good. Hit uh, a single, double, and triple. So it was so close to that cycle. Um, but yeah, so that that was that was it was a good weekend, I would say. But. We're not here to talk about my softball 
games, that'll be another podcast that we inevitably add. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rooney to DC. So originally this was not what we were leading with, but um, there's rumors of it, I think, as early as Friday or Saturday. But most of the motion on that came yesterday. I I think it was like early Sunday Mm -hmm. that somebody in England saw him at the uh, airport. And then there was like Rooney watch going on, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, next thing you know, there's video of him landing in Dulles International with, uh, you know, English fashion, very Harry Potter-esque with his uh, <laughs> trolley of like 10 luggage bags coming through platform nine and three quarters. So he comes through and, you know, some DC reps are meeting him. There's some fans there that are gathered at this point asking for photos. Uh, I think he even made comments at one point that he was ready for the challenge and that there were still just a little bit of things to go over before it was official. But when everybody saw his baggage, Logan, most people knew this wasn't just a one-day negotiation here. He was, it was pretty much confirmed at that point that he was going to be named as DC United's manager. And what I want to ask you is, how big is that for the league? Because not only did he play at DC, but he's been managing Derby County. He just stepped down from there. He had done a hell of a job after they were deducted 21 points last year for going into administration. They got relegated, but they almost made it. That's how good of a job he did. And, uh, you know, he was linked to Everton before Lampard went there, but he decided to stay at Derby to see that out for the year, which I loved uh, his idea there. So he's been sought after by some big clubs. He's coming back over to manage a team that just got smashed 7 nothing on the road. What are your thoughts on how big this is, and what does that say for the league, getting Wayne Rooney back? I mean, I think it's huge, right? They make a big deal out of David Beckham. We still make a big deal out of David Beckham when he comes up out of the shadows. But now you're going to put Wayne Rooney over here, who's arguably one of the best footballers to ever play in England or the world. Um, and it, it's going to be amazing to have him back after he had a really good career here and then short stint in MLS um, and then coming over here with all of the uh, accolades that, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what was in his suitcase, right? I'm pretty sure he's just bringing over all the silverware that he has won um, with <laughs> Manchester United. But um, this is great for the league. This is great for uh, the league and the fact that they're going to now have the eyes of the British on them uh, more so than they already did maybe. Um, with Beckham, but now with Wayne Rooney, because he was that guy in England that they just always grew up watching, especially guys that are our age and just a little bit older. I mean, these they've watched the, him grow up uh, as a young boy in England uh, and playing for some of the clubs there and then coaching at Derby County. And then it, it just seems like everything is falling into place for him. Uh, and not to mention, like you said, we talked about this some um, here, but we really talked about it on uh, stoppage time when we had that going that, I mean, he pulled them up out of the grave uh, because they had all those point uh, points deducted from their total. Um, and really, I mean, just, it, it was amazing just to watch that from afar, um, the distance that they traveled. So I think this is huge for the league. I think it's big for DC United and uh, a perfect spot to kind of land because this was a DC United team, Jordan, that you and I talked about last year as being 
a silent contender uh, in the playoffs just because Lasada seemed to have had things going in the right direction. Um, they go into this year and then they lose that. And it, it just seemed like things were falling perfectly into place uh, for Rui to come over. And now that he's over, <clears throat> I think it's massive. I agree. And I love <clears throat> Wayne Rooney. Mm-hmm. I used to not like him. Um, back when I first started watching. But I just started to really admire uh, him with, you know, when he was with United and, um, you know, Alex Ferguson and all, all that kind of stuff that at one point I really hated both of them, but he kind of admire them. And now actually the longer it goes on with United being irrelevant, the more I, I admire what Fergie and Rooney and a lot of those players have done. So then of course he comes to DC, right? Which is in my backyard. I went and saw him play um, because for people that don't remember, I'm like halfway between Philly and DC. So I, I make it to my fair share of both at times more of a union fan though my dad's a dc united fan so i've been you know texting with him about this stuff we've been um kind of uh i feel like the dc twitter has been a buzz with this i think it's a huge coup when uh as somebody posted that wayne rooney said he watched the game on friday when the union stomped them seven, nothing. And that he still decided to come here, (laughs) but really why not? There's nowhere else to go, but up, right. Even if he loses six, nothing next game, that's an improvement. So, you know, there's a lot that Wayne Rooney can do here. We don't know how good of a manager he is. He, He did wonders for Darby. It's a different beast in, in MLS, but he's familiar with MLS. He's going to be familiar with some of these players um, that either if there's still any around that played with him, I believe they are. Um, he's going to be familiar with some of the coaching staffs or like the backroom staffs that are probably still there that haven't left, you know, not obviously not Lasada's guys, but you know, anybody that had been there through the Olsen era and all this. But when you look at what he did as a player for this team, Logan, he scored 23 goals in 48 matches wow. and led the club to two playoff appearances. And that was at a time where Ben Olsen wasn't really leading them to much at that time. And what I mean by that is they would go playoffs one year, miss it for three years, playoffs again, miss it for four years, whatever. Like they were very on and off during that time. So for them to get in the just 2018 through 20, what uh, 2018 through uh, 2019 seasons, right? He played half of 2018, played 2019, didn't really play any of 2020. He went over to Derby at that point. So he played like a year and a half, right? Scored a bad, uh, you know, a lot of goals. If you listen to the podcast version, you hear a goal hmm. he contributed to in the opening. That's one of his best moments. Is you know 
making a tackle at half field when in stoppage time, getting the ball back, whipping it in for uh, Luciano Acosta to head it in. And that was in a year where they like made the playoffs. So if he can do what he did as a player, obviously he's not going to go out there and score 23 goals. He's not playing. But if he can inspire this team, and now that they got Taxi Fontas, right? Like th- there's hope, I would think, that they can turn this around. They may not make the playoffs. In fact, mm-hmm. they shouldn't, right? But if we're looking mathematically, they're only nine points back of a playoff spot. Now he is apparently trying to get Luis Suarez to come over mm-hmm. to MLS and probably for DC. Now we don't know if he's going to take that. Suarez says he's got five to six team offers. And he mentioned like, he's kind of worried that if he joined the team and they missed the playoffs, the season went in in October and he would have like a whole month before the world cup. So he's a little hesitant about that. And if he goes to DC, they're probably missing the playoffs. So I'm not sure he would go there, but he can go to a top team for sure. Mm-hmm. And get that run out. And this is why all the people that want us to join it, the other calendar are wrong. And I know that this is the only time that the world cup is in this time of year, but it's our advantage right now that people are going to come here like Gareth Bale and they're going to want to play because it's perfectly built up to the world cup. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen the next world cup cycle. We all know that, but I think having that different calendar does lend you some flexibility for different different situations that arise. Um, it allows for uh, you to have informed teams in those preseason tournaments against, uh, you know, the bigger teams, etc. Now, here's the rest on Wayne Rooney here. Uh, sources familiar to Stephen Goff say that Wayne Rooney deal is signed and it's a guaranteed contract through the 2023 season with a team option for 2024. People said that's not a long-term and no, I don't think he is the long-term answer here. I think this is a stopgap for him after Darby. I think it's here. His wife was very, very adamant. She doesn't like living in DC. So I think with this shorter year, he's going to be able to come in here for a few months. She's probably staying back home right? Mm -hmm. He's going to finish this season. If things go well, they'll keep him on. Maybe she moves here for one year and then that team option might not get picked up for 2024. So it's about a year and a half, which is pretty much what he was here as a player. So I think that is fine. He doesn't have to be the answer. What he needs to be is to get this team turned around enough because they're they're miserable, Logan. They're just absolutely miserable. So, what are your thoughts on the contract length and uh, and all of that kind of stuff? I think he's preparing himself for another miserable run with another team, and I think that he's I think he's being tabbed as the coming of the next Ferguson uh, over at uh, Manchester United. So, I think they're pretty much grooming him to step into that spot. I think he's not ready for that. Obviously you saw what happened with Frank. I don't think Frank's quite ready for the big lights yet. Um, and still, I mean, it, it, I guess it's out to be seen whether he's really a fit there, but um, I don't know. I think with Rooney, I think it makes sense. I think 
we both know that his end goal is probably not MLS. It's probably Premier League uh, back in England just because it's his home country. Like, he wants to coach there. He's proud of that country. He's played for uh, the, the national team over there. Um, he's now coached there. He's got younger kids that are going to want to go through the system over there. Um, so, yeah, and, and it's funny that the wife came out and was so adamant about D.C. Um, D.C. is actually a really nice city compared to some of the other big cities you could get into, but uh, more expensive, I think. And, I guess more traffic, but um, <clears throat> more politics. I think there wasn't a lot for her to do there. Though. Yeah, there, yeah, I will say that there's, like, there's no like, like famous shops, touristy like, stuff. Yeah, 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 a lot of that. Yes, um, museums and art exhibits and stuff. So if that's not your cup of tea, um, but yeah, no, I, I think that that's uh, ultimately what uh, he's being tabbed as. He's the next Manchester United coach eventually. It's just a matter of when he makes that move um, because I do think that he gets a shot there and this is just one of those stock gaps before he can go over there and coach. And I do think that it's very, it's very likely. I mean, look at Jesse, like Jesse took a kind of alternative route, but he ended up in the prem. Um, and a lot of Leeds fans love, as you saw in our comments, if you go back to that show, um, a lot of Leeds fans love the idea of Jesse Marsh. They, he saved them from relegation. They're in the premier league. They've got really good players coming in a lot of youth moving in. So that's exciting for Leeds. And I think people think Wayne Rooney can do the same. I think he can. And he's done it before. He's played well with the young players, um, kind of molded them into the person that he wants them to be um, as a captain. And now it's translated really well into managership. And now he's going to be a manager in this league. And then that'll just translate. I don't think this team will be good during his stretch because I just don't think he'll spend that much time. But I do think you'll see drastic improvement um, from where they're currently. I think he's going to build – a core group there. I think they're going to be competitive. They might hit a playoff spot in the year or so. Um, but other than that, this just, just seems like a stopover for where he's going to end up next. What I think this shows is that <clears throat> Wayne Rooney really did like being mm -hmm. in DC. I think he really did like and love the club, the league, all the rumors yeah. of him leaving because of his wife seem to be true. If he's coming back here to manage, because uh, I don't think – I think if he didn't really want to be here, he wouldn't even take the management job. He was all smiles getting off the plane. He he seemed to really – whoever was meeting with him from D.C. to yeah. help him with his bags, he, like, they were you excited. know, hugged them. Like, mm -hmm. he, there seems to be a good relationship there. So I think that's what's interesting me the most is that it does seem like he really enjoyed being here. He wants to be back. He, he he sees this as a challenge, right? Yeah. Let's get this team back on their feet, and that's probably all he sees it as. Let's get mm -hmm. them back on their feet. Let me assist for a bit, and then I can go again and, you know, kind of make my mark on this area again, almost like unfinished business mm -hmm. that he might have here. So I think that's interesting. One thing also that Stephen Goff points out is until he receives his work visa, which will take a few weeks, Rooney cannot be on the sideline. So until then, he's going to be a consultant. Chad Ashton is going to continue in the coaching role mm -hmm. for at least uh, the uh, this week. They have a game against Columbus midweek, and they have a game at Minnesota the following week. So you'll probably see Rooney like not on the sideline. He'll probably be sitting in the stands or with the team or something in a box. I don't know. He'll be sitting somewhere taking it all in, um, and he'll be consulting – probably during the trainings and stuff, but officially Ashton will still be 
the manager until that work visa gets sorted out because this all happened so quickly. Uh, this is really something that happened really, really, really quick. Uh, yeah. I'm sure they were talking to him for a little bit, but like I said, first time we've heard about it was like Friday daily mail on Friday, put something out uh, before the game. And then, uh, like I said, Saturday or Sunday morning is when people saw him at the airport. And then Sunday night, he was over here in the airport. And that's quick, you know. So uh, probably been a week or two that they've been working on this. But it takes a bit to get those work visas and all that sorted out. You know what I pictured? I pictured uh, Wayne Rooney as, like, the consultant. I just pictured, like, Beard and Ted Lasso where he's just sitting there real quiet. He's just, like, his arms folded with his hat on. And he's just taking it after the coach's off. He's not actually really saying anything because he he's can't. Got a but... good, he's got a good beard. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's but got a great beard. I love this move so much. <clears throat> Me too. I I love it. I I think this is great for the league. Get Rooney back in there. Um, it's great for DC United. Mm-hmm. They need any sort of positive press <laughs> right yeah. now. So for them, it's great. It's overall, it's great. If it doesn't work out, like we said, it's a short thing, right? right? So then they'll have to find another manager, but why not give this a try if he's open to it? And he did a great job with Darby. So it's not even like they're doing it just for the name. Mm-hmm. He had a legitimate great run at Darby. So Everton was looking at him like this isn't something that's just a we need to get Rooney in here like a almost like a Phil Neville appointment you know oh he's my friend let me put him in here this is something that there's a pre-existing relationship but also he's qualified now it's it's not like a Sam Allardyce kind of situation (laughs) (laughs) I mean I would take him over here too (laughs) yeah anybody for relegation so it's really not his thing uh yeah but you know this is the equivalent though right it's Rooney (laughs) Rooney coming in at the uh you know Darby was in financial issues DC's in points issues get get in there and (laughs) turn it around for us a bit so I'm I'm gonna be very excited to see what happens with um this guy dad's gotta be pumped too like your dad's gotta be like through the roof ecstatic I think he is. It's hard to read over text, right? Yeah. He like no, gave yeah. it a thumbs up, and I'm like, oh, is he excited? Like, or is it... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sending it to him, like, yeah, pumped. Yeah. He's like, eh, okay. Thumbs Maybe up. The team's like, not oh, okay. performing very well. You're just kind of like, eh. But yeah, I, I told him. I know. I was teasing him during the union game. I said, oh, we should have went to this one. <laughs> oh man. I lost my drink there. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, let's talk Atlanta and Joseph Martinez. Yeah. So Atlanta goes out and they uh, lose to uh, Austin 3-0. They haven't won since June 19th, so we're coming up on a, on a month. They've had three losses and a draw. And Joseph, after the match, because this was a home game, I have some quotes here from him. This game happened months ago. A lot has obviously changed <clears throat> since 2017. Nothing has happened. Nothing that happened tonight was a surprise. 
we all have to think hard about what we saw here today. It could be my last year here. I've got one year on my contract left. Um, the you know then they ask him if he agrees with Pineda about the team not fighting for each other, and he says, "Yeah, actually, a hundred percent. This didn't happen today. It happened in the beginning of the season too. We play because we have to play. In training, some players don't have that energy. They don't appreciate the jersey. That's the biggest problem. The injuries are not a problem. We play soccer." You can have an injury every day. And people think, oh, we lost this guy. We lost this guy. We have a mistake. We all make mistakes. We are professionals. It's not kids anymore. And if you come here, you have to know what we have to do. If you don't come here for 100%, you don't have to choose this club to play. That's the message for everyone. If you want to bring guys, it's because they want to play here. It's not because of business and has been. For a long time. Ouch. Pretty scorching. You're on mute, Logan. Like I said, he's not wrong. <laughs> like he's he's not. I mean, I know a lot of people are mad about what he said. And I get it. You don't I don't think you use the, the the media platform to do this because I think this causes easy causes even more of a headache for some of the younger guys too and around. But he's not wrong about the whole situation. Ever since twenty seventeen, this has been like a tank job. I mean, this has been awful to watch. Um he hasn't helped himself because he's been hurt. Um he doesn't help himself with this kind of sentiment for the club, but He's been doing better, though. Yeah. Is he Here's wrong? What I, no, he's not wrong. And I'll take the opposite approach to you, Logan. I yeah. think this is absolutely what they needed. I think they needed this in the public. This isn't just a message to the fans, to the players. This is a message to Carlos Balcanegra yeah. and the people up top to stop just bringing in players for a bit of business, get players that actually want to be here. Al Marone wanted to be here. That's true. He, he knew that he had to do well here to get mm-hmm. overseas. He knew that. Joseph and him had a connection. These players understood that. Why does he not have the connection to other players? It seems like it might be because some of them don't actually want to be here. Some of them are not trying in practice, it sounds like, if he's what he's saying is true. And after miss, after miss, after miss, after miss, Balkanegra's butt has to be on fire right now. And the fact that it's not, the fact that he got like an extension before the season or whatever is ridiculous and i think this might be able to wake up arthur blank maybe you have your star player the player that every fan loves who gives it his all every game out here roasting balconegra all of uh upper management the players all of that stuff it's not a good look i guess but it might be the look that you need to see you know Sometimes the truth hurts, yeah. and that's what this is. I rather this than him come out and be like, "Yeah, we just didn't do a great job." Today, right. But you know, next week we're gonna just, we're looking up. at next week already. And uh, <laughs> uh, I appreciate the fans for coming out, but yeah. uh, we apologize to them. But we really got to do better. No, he literally laid it out on the line. Everybody's complaining about the injuries. He's like, "That's not the issue." I'm sure part of it is the issue, but he's like, that's not the issue. The issue is that the people that are not injured are not trying. So I really love what he did here. And, and here's something that, you know, MLS buzz, right. An account on Twitter that most people follow. 
right? Insane follower count. He put out this stat, which I had no idea this was a stat. I had, like, thank you, MLS Buzz, for pointing this out. One win in 61 matches Mm -hmm. versus playoff teams since 2020 for Atlanta United. Yep. Now, also, Carlos Bocanegra, he puts, has fired two managers, spent $30 million, and got a contract extension. This team was built off Tata Martino. That is becoming so much more apparent every single week. Since he's left, this club has been a shell of itself. Frank DeBoer was somehow able to get a U.S. Open Cup out of this team. But since 2020, this team hasn't been good. This also this stat also comes from Ronald Pena, who put the one win in 61 matches. Um, uh, they, they did that, uh, and I guess MLS Buzz put in the stats about Balcanegra and the money and the extension. So there you go. Not a good look for Atlanta, and I really wonder how in the world Balcanegra is not on fire right now. His seat has to be the hottest seat in the universe, Logan. We, we talk all the time about how important it is for a club that comes in and to make a good impression early on. And this team did. But the more that this stuff keeps happening, the more those fans are going to disappear, right? Uh, now, luckily for Atlanta, they don't have many other good teams to go to uh, <laughs> in their sports right now. So, uh, I mean, the Braves are streaking, but it really is tough. And I, look, I say this as somebody that was a fan of Bocanegra as a player, right? But we got to separate the player and the GM or whatever his official title is at this point, because this is not how a team like Atlanta should be going right now. They had such a good start. They had such a good start they should be one of the premier teams in this league and they are fan base wise but they're not play wise right now and uh i don't think that's all on pineda definitely seems to be as we've talked about before they're just not landing these signings they're not making the right moves they're not maybe playing as hard as they can so do you think Jordan, I mean, with a year left on his contract, do you think this is a swan song? Like, is this Joseph indicating to the the front office and management that this isn't going well and I'm leaving after this year? It could be um, because it is funny he brought that up. All the other times he's brought this up, contract, he says he wants to be here for life. Yeah. Wants to be Atlanta. Yeah, this is the first time the tone's changed with him. Like Different he doesn't tone. seem he doesn't the tone seem seems like almost it's him or me, doesn't uh-huh. it? That's what it kind of sounds like. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what it is, right? I'm not trying to speculate. But if you say, I don't know if this keeps going on, I don't know if I'll be here. Like that sounds like okay, it's either him or it's me. And I'm the one everybody loves, right? 
Do you remember when Gabriel Heinze was here last year as well? And he had a moment where he was training. Remember when he was training off by himself though? And he said that it was more mm-hmm. than just the coaching. Like it, it, it seems to be like this has been brewing in the water ever since um, just uh, in the last three years, probably. I mean, this has really started and like come to fruition after the 2020 season. Like after that, it was like all hell broke loose. And you're right. It is constant strikeout, 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 strikeout with their players. I mean, it just like we were looking at. <clears throat> we talked about it a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. The, the top signings when, when we talked about Chucho Hernandez coming over, mm-hmm. the top like eight players transfer wise to MLS, I think it was four or five were Atlanta. And most of their names were not names that they've made money on. Right. Um, and Santiago Sosa, like that, uh, that name too. It's just like there, they bring Sosa over and he was supposed to be like this answer in the central defensive mid field. And it just like, he's gone completely ghost. There's not much rumor about him anymore. He was like, I remember when he came on for the CONCACAF Champions League and people thought like, this kid isn't going to last uh, like six months here because of how good he played. But now it's just like it, him, Barco. Like it just seems like they constantly hit the wrong button. Um, and Martinez. Right. <clears throat> right. So I, I just don't know. Like, I don't know. Uh, an interesting stat from Doyle's, uh, or Doyle's article on this. In 2020, uh, Atlanta United have won just three of 17 games against playoff teams. In 2021, they won just once in 15 tries. Um, and in 2022, they've won just once in nine uh, games against teams currently above the playoff line. So, I mean, that just shows you how bad this team has been for the last three years. I mean, there's been a lot of turmoil. I think the club is in a, in a really bad spot. Arthur Blank's going to spend a lot of money, um, but it looks like they're just spending it on the wrong product uh, and not putting it out there on the field. And these are the loudest fans in the league. 68,000 on average, I think, um, come to their stadium uh, every single Saturday or Wednesday or whatever it might be to watch a really good team play. And they set a bar high when they first come into this league. Now that bar is extremely low and these fans aren't happy because they're tired of watching crappy soccer. And this is really the first year that this has gone really wrong. Right. right? I mean, last year they were, last year they were in the playoffs, right? Right. They made a March at the end. They got lucky. They lose to NYCFC. They're in 11th place. (laughs) Now they're six points shy, but when we look at this, right. Three points higher than where D.C. United is right now. That's it. And D.C. has a game in hand on them. So that's not great for Atlanta United. And I don't think this is like the spark that's being lit. This is a – I think this is like a him taking a torpedo to the side of a ship. Like this seems much more uh, ingrained into the organization than it is – writing on you know because i don't he never came out once and said gonzalo pineda like he never really had to mention that this was above him and you never really he loves players, pineda, I think. right yeah. you never see players go after gms like that like you never see like them going well look at the look at the crap they put on the field like, like you don't ever see that but this is literally i think the only other place you see that is baseball baseball they do that sometimes but it, this is like this is going above uh the manager and going for the belt of the people that are paying his um, paycheck, I guess, or, or giving him his paycheck every week. I love it. 
this yeah. is what we need more of. Less yeah. of the cookie cutter, uh, we fought hard, uh, we'll get them next time. <clears throat> Press releases, post-game messages, all that stuff. All right, let's get into the actual action, I guess. Um, so Friday started off pretty, pretty good. Uh, Philadelphia Union wins 7-0 over D.C. United. Carranza with a hat trick and um, becoming player of the week for, I think, Eastern Conference or however they do that for MLS now. So pretty big result. This ties the biggest win margin. It's always been by seven. Um, So I was hoping for another one just to break that record. But uh, Union, out of nowhere, seven goals. They, I think Doyle had put out they had scored like seven goals in like the last month before this. And then <laughs> they go on and score seven in one game. This is not something this team usually does. Uh, any thoughts on them putting seven past DC? For a team that's been pretty lackluster in the attack lately, this is something that Union really needed. Um and they did it over Wayne Rooney's DC United. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive to do that <laughs> all at one fell. So, I mean, before he even came to the club. Um, so, no, but it, it's a really good result for the union. To see Julian Carranza uh, grab a hat trick, that's got to feel good for him. Um, because it's goals like it, it's games like this that really get you. Like, Taxi had a game like this just recently. Um, and it, it can turn your season around. Like, this can get your confidence going once you see the ball go to the back of the net. I mean, then it just be, it's almost like they come in bunches, right? So uh, this is a big win for the Union. Even though it's against East United, they really needed the three points to kind of stay above surface in the East. Um, you really don't want to see yourself drop into that fourth spot or fifth spot to kind of get closer to uh, an away playoff game to start with. So this was huge for the Union. Uh, now they're keeping par with the Red Bull and looking at the top of the East here soon. So pretty good win for uh, Jim Curtin and the boys. Yeah, we had, uh, after that, LAFC versus LA Galaxy, which was another fun one. 3-2, it finishes for LAFC. Safuentes scoring two. Arango scoring one. And this was a uh, one-to-one game before Safuentes scored to make it uh, 2-1. And then Arango scoring to make it 3-1. And then uh, uh, Ravelson scoring uh, to make it 3-2 with uh, just nine minutes left. But not enough time for the Galaxy to get back into this game. That puts the Galaxy fifth place. LAFC still top. They're two points above Austin FC right now. So... Big result for LAFC. Remember, we talked about how LAFC had not won since uh, 2020, October 25th of 2020, that they had won against the Galaxy. So huge for them to kind of get that monkey off of their back a bit. And uh, yeah, any thoughts here on uh, Trundolo's first win as uh, a in El Trafico here? Uh, an impressive one. Um, so, I mean, it, kudos to him. Hats off to him. Um, and he's got to be feeling great when he's looking over at the social media team uh, constantly in Gareth Bale's face, uh, presenting what is going to be 
probably one of the scariest attacks in MLS that we've ever seen. Um, if Bale can get out there and stay healthy and, and play every every day, I guess. Um, what's really interesting is he uh, was in training today, Jordan. So yeah. it should be pretty soon that we see a Gareth Bale debut. So I'm pretty excited about that. They were um, kind of hinting to next week. Yeah, like that's this upcoming week. I figured because he was going through like he was going through like intense training. This wasn't like, you know, he's over there stretching with the trainers and they're kind of keeping an eye like he had the penny on. He was out running with the guys. Um, and I'm assuming that he was in shape anyway, because they he's probably mm-hmm. gearing up for preseason. What would have been preseason over there? So, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about the, uh, what's coming for LAFC. This is a huge win in El Trafico. Uh, any any time that you can beat your rival like this um, in a game that really took off after the 70th minute. Um, it's mm-hmm. a, it's an exciting time and to win games late, like the, that's a definition of a team that's going to be around for MLS cup, um, for the months to come. It looks like LAFC is going to be on top of that supporter shield, uh, hunt. This helps, this helps tremendously. This helps that if they <clears throat> face each other in the playoffs, they mm-hmm. have this to draw back on and say, they don't have our number anymore. We can <laughs> yeah. do this, right. you know? And, uh, Bale had a great halftime interview with, mm-hmm. uh, with Taylor Twellman and John Champion, where he uh, mentioned what it was that kind of brought him over here. And he just said it was a really good pitch when he was talking to the owners. And, um, you know, because he had offers from other teams over in England. But, yeah, he really just wanted to kind of give us a go. He said it felt good and he wanted to bring them a trophy, all the right stuff you want to say here. He did some trolling as well. I'm not sure if you knew this, Logan. He did not speak Spanish at all his time Real Madrid. Uh-huh, I saw that. And then his first video <laughs> when they introduced him in LAFC, he's speaking Spanish. So yeah. that set some of the uh, set some of the Madrid fans off. But I thought that was very. It was very really funny. good Spanish too. It was like like he practiced it. You could probably practice that like, one line for two. Probably weeks. the whole way on the train, like or the, the on the plane. Right. He's just like absolutely just practicing on Duolingo. <laughs> like what? Yes, yeah. <laughs> he's got those little bird marks up or something. I don't know. What he's <laughs> I see you on Duolingo all the time, so I thought I'd make a comment there. Yeah, forty-one days in a row. There you go. But. No, maybe. you know what's funny, though? Like, when he was talking about it, you can tell that LAFC, and they might be one of the only clubs, Jordan, that can do this. I would say Atlanta could probably do this. NYCFC could do this, but they don't have a world-class stadium like LAFC does. But I feel like LAFC can give you that, like, you know that royal treatment that you get in England where they pick you up in the black and It's got TVs. They pick up your wife, your kids, whatever it might be. Um, and then they take you to the stadium. The stadium is really impressive. It sits amongst the hills. It's got the palm trees. Uh, I guess the only bad thing I did see was when Andrew Weeby commented on it too. They like walk in through like this like hallway that looks like a motel. Um, yeah. Like, what is that office? But they're like, but other than that, like it does sound like LAFC with the pitch, with everything that they can provide. It seems like they're one of the first class like experiences that you could have here. So that's probably what really helped. Cause I couldn't imagine him strolling into no offense, no offense, please don't take offenses, but could you imagine him rolling into like Cincinnati going, all right, <laughs> this I thought is where when he kept I saying no offense, be. you're going to say union and like him rolling up in or Chester. Chester. <laughs> on, a, on a cargo ship. Like, hey, hey. Where we don't even have like paved parking lots. And they're just going to be like, what is this? Um, 
No, but you know that's a good point though because the, their ownership team includes like Mia Hamm, yeah. uh, Magic, Magic Johnson, Johnson Will, Ferrell. <laughs> Will Ferrell. Yeah, you get to like, like the star treatment. They can, yeah, they it's go to the, the Staples Center of the Dodgers. Yeah, uh, the Dodgers of MLS, right? He'll be at a Dodgers game in no time. Like tomorrow, he'll probably be. You know, oh man, could you imagine him throwing out the first yeah. pitch? Oh yeah, he'll definitely do it. You know he will, but do Magic. it with his foot. Yeah, <laughs> while <laughs> speaking Spanish. <laughs> oh boy uh so also going on during that for whatever reason i hate when they do this i hate when they put a televised game um they're doing it's rivalry really... week they have two yeah. televised games and then in the middle of one kicking off vancouver minnesota is so weird to me on a day where you only have three games yeah either spread it out or put minnesota on the saturday or something um Minnesota come back from one nil down. Lucas Cavallini scoring for the Whitecaps. They score in the 71st minute with Kamar Lawrence, Luis Amarilla scoring in the 84th, and Fragapane in the 88th to get Minnesota three vital points on the road that puts them up to sixth place in the West, where Seattle mm-hmm. have dropped out of the playoff spot right now. So pretty big result for minnesota this is what they needed they've won now three in a row against the galaxy against rsl and against vancouver so minnesota the loons are flying high any thoughts on the loon uh really important win like you said in the west man you cannot drop points like if you can get three you need three um even a one point uh, could be the difference between you uh, in the playoffs and out of the playoffs. Like if you, if you're taking draws all the time, um, then you're going to end up out of the playoffs quickly because I mean, look at that West from uh, one or sorry, I one from, I'm looking at the goal differential. Uh, there we go. Uh, from RSL down to, oh, I mean, even Vancouver, it's just six points that separate them. So gosh, man, you lose a game where you have like a bad spell of games I mean, you could go from third all the way down to, like, 10th. <laughs> that's yep. that's got to be terrifying. We're in the East. You, hit, you wouldn't even drop, like, three spots. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, where's the rest of the league? <laughs> yeah. But, no, this is huge for Minnesota United. And it's huge for our boy Adrian Heath, you know. Uh, we really like that he got a contract extension. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that shows why he got one now, I guess. Right. I don't know. Until, until they start losing again. Oh, man. Uh, all right, uh, let's talk the Saturday results. We had NYCFC versus the Revs. They uh, NYCFC win four to two. Three penalties called in the first half against one team. That is an MLS record. Um, Castellanos did miss one of them, but uh, they win four to red card on Andrew Farrell pretty early in this. Uh, what? Well, no, I was I thought it was in the second half, but it's at the end of the first half. That whole first half was just a mess. Uh, for that game so unfortunate for revs fans nycfc up to third place revs in ninth place they're kind of back out of the playoff hunt a bit they've had two draws in a row and then the loss only one win and that was against minnesota in the last five it's a little bit of a struggle there also i saw a lot of complaints about nycfc's field and yes, it's awful. I'm on the side of everyone else that says, get this team out of Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. It is embarrassing. It is so embarrassing, Logan, that the, the team club. that owns Manchester City, right. the team that owns Manchester City, 
a team in like Australia. Uh, they just bought another team Brazil. in Brazil. They yeah. they have another team that they just bought in like France or whatever. Yeah, it's embarrassing that they cannot get a stadium sorted out. I even if they're trying to get like a deal with the tax stuff or mm-hmm. not doing a private funded thing. Right. They can afford a private funded thing. They're owned by the Yankees and they're owned by City Football Group. They mm-hmm. have enough money to build their own stadium without taxpayer cuts or without making a deal with the government. So if that's the hold up, I don't know. This is dragged on for way too long. They need a new stadium. The stadium sucks. They don't have an official home. They bounce around to like three different venues now. <laughs> but it's not fun watching no, on TV not. a game it's in brutal. a baseball stadium. Yeah. with the, the field looks awful. The sod looks awful. It all looks bad. It looks like a parody. It looks like a joke. Like It looks like a street ball game. of, of uh, like It looks like slam ball. They might as well put trampolines out there and let them go nuts. So. It, it feels like rec league when you're it like is. playing yeah. rec league and you're like indoor soccer is what it feels like right like <laughs> yeah yeah or like uh even high school on like turf right. where they have all the different color lines yeah and you're like okay i'm kind of in the lacrosse inbounds but i'm also in the <laughs> soccer the, line but i'm in yeah. the football and you don't know what line you're supposed to look at yeah. and somehow the basketball lines out here too i'm confused yeah it's just really bad field and i understand NYCFC's fans are defending it. They're like, oh, the Revs field is awful too. Yes, it is. They should get their own stadium as well. Right. But as a neutral, it is annoying watching games in Yankee Stadium. Maybe that's my Baltimore bias. Okay, so we had Seattle versus Portland. Logan, I I missed a little bit of this game. Come home and I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. I come home and it's uh, at that point it was one nothing and I'm like all right I'll settle in here. As soon as I turn the game on, the Reagan red card, second <laughs> yellow, and then of course Moreno penalty kick in the 82nd minute, Espria in the 85th, and that game was over. Uh, Portland if, somehow get a win on the road. What yeah. what happened there, Logan? If Tyler Adams gets hurt, um, I like I hope he never does, but he, he seems to be the one that's injury prone. Um, Eric Williamson has been fantastic um, coming back off the ACL injury. Um, and I know a lot of people are praising him on Twitter. Uh, Doyle wrote a really nice thing about him uh, in his week's like wrap up or weekend wrap up. Um, so if you really want to see some really good stuff, it's written on Eric Williamson, much more of like the actual soccer analysis go over there. But for, for just a casual watching the game, he changes a game. I mean, he's really come into his own um, as a kid that's just only 25 years old. Probably a guy that eventually moves on if he can just stay healthy. Um, but, man, he's really changed the way that Portland had played. Um, and Portland really needed some game changers. I mean, they've really not had a – great season it's been pretty lackluster as far as portland is concerned um so i feel like anything that can spark them uh, is going to help and nice Goda is finally starting to kind of come into his own he's got seven goals um so that's really helped but it's i mean this team. team is yeah this team is really starting to kind of find its rhythm where i feel like sometimes seattle like you're like oh they found their rhythm and then all of a sudden it's like oh no they haven't it's like up down up down on the roller coaster ride whereas this portland team slowly but surely Jordan has really started to kind of climb. 
um, and seem to kind of have found their groove a little bit where they're starting to get points and collect points to head towards the top of the West. Haven't lost in the last five games, collected, mm-hmm. you know, 11 points. So, I mean, Portland's really starting to play pretty well. Yeah, they're even on points with Seattle. Seattle still has two games in a hand, so Seattle will probably chalk this up to as that ah, we'll we'll get them next time. Um, but two losses in their last five for Seattle, mm-hmm. with one win sandwiched between those two losses. So they'll definitely feel like they could have done better. They drop out of the playoff spot. Now it's going to be a very interesting playoff race in the West. I think the <laughs> West playoff race is going to be That's the be one great. to watch here. Yep. You have LAFC, Austin, RSL, Dallas, Galaxy, Minnesota, Nashville in playoff spots right now. And you have historical teams, historical in quotation marks, but you know, like Seattle and Portland, who have constantly been one of those two in MLS Cup finals since 2015 on the outs right now. Sporting KC, another team that's historically there in 13th there's only so many spots that they're going to be able to take. And it's going to come down to, it's still early, right? To say it's going mm-hmm. to come down to, because if Seattle wins another game, they're all the way up to fourth place. So just keep an eye out everyone that this is going to be the race that you're going to want to watch is that Western playoffs. And if you're on the West coast, that's great for you. Cause those games kick off at great times. If you're on the East, it's going to really suck because you're up until 12 or one o'clock watching these things which I usually am. Okay, Austin <laughs> FC versus Atlanta. We talked about the Atlanta side of it, 3-0. Austin, Felipe, Finley, Jerusi. That finishes 3-0. Austin, our second place, Logan. They have not lost in their last five. They have one draw in their last five against Dallas. They have Jerusi with 11, which is the most in uh, the in the Western Conference. Castellano says 12, which is the most in MLS. What is it? Uh, can Austin conceivably take that top spot away from LAFC? No. <laughs> I mean, conceivably, yes. Mathematically, yes. Um, I, I think with the infusion of talent that LAFC is about to get, no. Um, but yes, it's conceivable that the that Austin could be Kings of the West and maybe Supporter Shield winners. Like that's pretty cool to say for a team that's really struggled uh, over the last year or so, um, and now they've really kind of turned around. And Jordan, they actually they're going to get rid of Cecilia Dominguez, or they're going to have to buy down Alex Ring's DP spot, which they had just given to Alex Ring. Um, so I don't know which one's going to happen. It seems like Cecilio is more likely on the way out because he's he's had what we assume is off field issues. Um, because he's been away from the team some. Um, but it's also being reported by ESPN Brazil that uh, that uh, Andre, or sorry, that, what is his name, Emiliano Rigoni, um, I think that's how you pronounce that, uh, is headed to Austin for $4 million if they can get that money off the uh, DP spot, um, whether it's Cecilio or uh, Alex Rink being bought down. Because um, Sebastian's not going anywhere. So that can't happen. So they're going to have to move out some spots um, because I think Rigoni is going to require a DP spot and those three spots are already taken. So unless they go like the inner Miami route and have like six DPs, they're going to have to do something there. But Jordan, back to your question with that. I mean, I've watched him play and he's highly talented. Um, he's played for a really good team in uh, Brazil with Sao Paulo. Um, I think he was over in Italy for some time with uh, I'll butcher the name. It starts with an S. You probably know what it is. 
uh, Sapodori or something like that. Um, but if he's played over there, um, I think he spent some time in La Liga as well. Um, so the kid's got talent. I think he's 29 years old. Um, so he's going to step in. He's going to have worlds of experience. Uh, and I think he's going to be really good on the wing for them. It's just a matter of getting that deal across the line. But again, man, like the, the top teams in this Western Conference are just a bear uh, to deal with. Like I can't imagine any of the Eastern teams beating these teams. Um, I would say LAFC and Austin are really talented clubs. Um, but I'm not sure Red Bull and Philadelphia are even in the same breath as them right now. So should be pretty interesting well, to see Philly how. Philly could stop them from scoring. Uh, Philly they just couldn't score. 13 goals again. <laughs> right. Which is the lowest. Yeah. Nobody else comes close to that, right? Second right. most. Second lowest is. Like they're up there with. Second lowest is like LAFC and NYCFC with 21. Yeah. No, LAFC. 20. Crew. 20 have given up tw- 20 for the crew. Um. So seven goals, they have that lead by seven goals, the Union, on how many yeah. they give up. Plus their stash just got inflated for goals forced. Yeah. <laughs> like, you the can take seven away. Right. Pretty good. Uh, I think Austin can do it. It's not bad if they don't, right? If they, if they don't overtake LAFC, mm-hmm. they'll be a – I, they have a seven-point gap between them and RSL. Yeah. If they keep going the way they're going, Logan, they they literally, I think, could wrap up the two seed a week quickly, or three, like three weeks before mm-hmm. the playoffs. I mean, that's what I'm kind of looking at right now. So that'll be that'll be pretty interesting. We had SKC versus Montreal two one. SKC won that. Uh, that puts. SKC still in 13th place in the West, but Montreal is now in fourth in the East. Uh, Orlando's getting a little closer to them, and Charlotte's getting a little closer to them. Cincinnati's getting a little closer to them. So it'll be interesting to see if Montreal can kind of shake off whatever they've they've had going on. We had Charlotte beat Nashville 4-1. to one. This was a pretty big... Uh, away loss here for Nashville. Mm-hmm. Penalty kick for Fuchs in the 26th minute, Sverderski in the 61st, Sergio Ruiz in the 89th, and Shinashiki in the 90 plus one. Hani Mukhtar with a penalty in the 67th minute. So uh, there you go there. Anything about Charlotte? who've I mean, uh, even a, despite firing their manager have kind of yeah. kept kept going that's a huge home win for them um they're in the playoff hunt still um and the more points you can collect in the east the better off you're going to be just because like you and i talked about this it seems like uh, there always is a spot in the east where nobody wants it and this year it seems to be that fourth spot so <laughs> it seems that anybody can grab that fourth spot and if you really want to be a home playoff team, could you imagine if charlotte somehow snuck up and grabbed because they conceivably jordan they could because I, montreal the way they're playing they've been awful um, and orlando doesn't want the home game and yeah you'd rather orlando, be on the road honestly right. with how they I, play at home honestly <laughs> you're not wrong um i'm i mean i'm Right now to the point where I wouldn't even be shocked if Orlando missed the playoffs with how bad they're playing. But, um, yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting watch. The fourth spot and below in the East 
Um, the fight for that's, you know, four through seven is going to be just a bloodbath of really bad soccer, I think. Um, which is a bummer because you, you really want it to be a, a little tight race because they're playing well. But right now it just seems like which team is not bad right now. And that's who's got the fourth spot. Well, you know, I think Shinoshiki has really helped Charlotte. Oh, yeah, it's big time. Stats, yeah. uh, nine games, six starts, five goals. So he's been great. Rapids got rid of him for whatever reason. And here he is having a whole <laughs> new life here at Charlotte. So that's pretty good for Charlotte to be able to add those five goals. I mean, he ties for Dursky for top goal scorer because he missed some time and uh, he got on his fifth goal this game as well. We also had in the rivalry week, well, these weren't really rivals. Toronto San Jose finished 2 2. Two very bad teams <clears throat> splitting the difference there. But really interesting news for both of them. Mark Anthony K is headed to Toronto. Yes. Uh, and Jordan, did you see what just recently dropped on Twitter? Uh, Landon Donovan. Yes, I, I have it up here. Yeah. He's a finalist for the San Jose job. Six other people, right? Or like him included. Yes. Yeah, he's one of the six. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. He's one of the six finalists. Mm-hmm. This article also says they've interviewed over 10 people. So they've only narrowed it down for people. Yeah. It's like the second round of interviews, you know, like when you go in for the group interview yeah. next. Yeah. <laughs> this was just a phone interview. He was, you know, he was a candidate for RSL before they went with Mastro 80 and he yeah. drew his name. This would be interesting. He has history playing with the Quakes. They kind of hate him now because he did go to LA. So that's that's an interesting thing there. If you know, he's not very beloved by the fans. So if he actually went there and started doing well, that would turn that around, I guess. Uh, but yeah, he currently coaches the San Diego Loyal. They're in this, you know, USL Championship. They sit third place in a 14-team conference, 34 points from the 19 games played. He's also the co-owner and executive VP of soccer operations for San Diego Loyal. So we don't know. What do we do? He spent four years there in San Jose. He won two MLS Cups with them. You know, then went to LA Galaxy after trying out at Leverkusen. Um, so the fans kind of don't like him there, but if he was to get the job, it'd be interesting. Will he want it? Will he withdraw his name again? Logan, do you think? I think he will. I, I, I think he gets to a point where he, cause honestly, this, I mean, all, I guess all the offense because San Jose have just been a hot mess of the team. Um, but I think he deserves better. Right. I think I, I think he does well with you that USL team. And I think moving on from San Diego will be good for him, but I don't think this is it. Like, I think there might be another chance for him later on down the road. That might even be Charlotte. I mean, that might be a team that he, you know, he doesn't have any connection to obviously, but like, I think something like that is more realistic for him. Why he likes would you to live in this? LA. He likes yeah, to live in Cali, that. though. But why so would you want that LA? Or, I mean, if it's not going to be LA teams, why in the world would you want to touch San Jose with the 10 inch pole right now. Maybe because they're uh, past. Maybe because of the past. Maybe because yeah. he thinks he can actually do the job or you just want to get an MLS job. Yeah. 
Yeah, they think most of the reason why he withdrew his name from ourselves because he already knew he wasn't going to get it. So yeah. save face a bit. So if he is, I think if he has the idea, he has a shot at this, he'll keep his name in contention and maybe he'll get the job. But it's a little different being a manager of a team that you co-own compared to a team that you <laughs> don't. But let me say, while I say San Jose fans don't really like him, it could increase the attendance numbers maybe a little bit. Um, casual fans that are like, wait, Landon Donovan is our co-. That's like the one American every American knows. Right? Like, I, yeah. I think if you went on the street and asked somebody to name a U.S. soccer player, they would say Landon Donovan or Clint Dempsey. Right. That's it. Maybe Tim Howard. Maybe Tim Howard. So I think that uh, for sure it could get some casuals interest that say, hey, you want to go just watch Landon Donovan coach the team? Landon like, Donovan? I think, yeah, I think, I think he could, you know – drive some interest there but that's not why you would want to hire him as a coach so no. we'll, we'll see i mean he's done good with san diego so, so maybe he could do something I mean, with san jose but that whole club seems dysfunctional last time an owner hired um a manager out of spider i guess for entertainment value i mean you've seen how successful ted lasso has been so i mean anything's really possible yes yeah uh okay cincinnati with the red bulls drew 1-1 orlando after a lengthy lengthy delay they should just cancel this game with a stoppage time own goal (laughs) uh this was brutal uh horrible (laughs) sorry orlando fans and sorry miami fans that game was not good and it finished on a pretty bad note with that uh miami fans are probably upset with that <laughs> orlando fans are probably upset that they couldn't score on miami without an own goal at home <clears throat> so again jordan only two shots in the 18 um that whole game there are two chances sorry created in that whole game um for a shot creation chance so fantastic orlando nice job <laughs> chicago Blew a 2-0 lead. Crew came back and won 3-2. Chucho Hernandez scored his first goal uh, for the club. And Houston-Dallas finishes 2-2 in what was a fiery game. And can I just say real quick, stop throwing stuff at players. Yes. What I also got is that Houston fans are a little unhinged. And what I mean by that, and I don't mean it in a – I guess I mean it in a bad way. We'll see. I don't know how many Houston fans listen, but what, I, what I'm trying to say is I know some of you are probably very sensical, right? Uh, where you know you shouldn't throw stuff at fans. But some of the people replying uh-huh. – sorry, this is not Houston fans. This be, yeah, this is Houston fans. Yeah, sorry. Uh, some of the people replying to Dallas accounts were like, well, uh, Ferreira shouldn't have celebrated in front of the fans. Mm-hmm. That's bull crap. He can celebrate wherever he wants. He's on a player. He's on the field doesn't give you the right to throw something i don't know i find that stupid 
And what, like, I, I was kind of following along, but where did the racist comments start coming in? Like, a lot of people were blaming Mexican people or something. Like, yeah, what was so that they all were trying about? to say because of Hector Herrera's playing there, a lot yeah. of Mexicans came down and and they're the cause the for throwing and stuff. That they're the ones that were oh. throwing stuff. Okay, but so we don't going... know that that's yeah. for sure. But I was going to say, like, if you go through another, like, you were commenting on that, I think it was the Dynamo podcast that was like, or the Dynamo pod or whatever it was. They had a thread too, and it was it was like every single racist comment that could be made towards a Mexican fan was being made. It was like this is this is horrible, um, mostly because a lot of their population is going to be from Mexico. So I don't really understand why they attack uh, other races. And I know they've had instances where Mexican fans have used gay slurs. Um, so I, I think that's part of it where American fans think that it's just always the Mexican fans that come in. And, but that's such, it's such racist crap, um, which I can't stand. But I thought soccer was more accepting, but it's clearly not. It's about the same everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Salt Lake and Colorado go to a 2-2 draw. So really, I've been the curse of Salt Lake since I... Nice job, Jordan. Game. But you're, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, in in that too, uh, Jordan also uh, actually mandated that they require. Or, or sorry, that they, they he he made them change their security. Uh, yes, yeah. at the stadium because of how scary Jordan is. You know what though? I didn't have any problem walking <laughs> in the other way either. It was like right. by the time I got there, it's just like you walk right in. It was very easy. But I do like that. Right after you left, they're like, "We need to up our security." So yeah, so yeah. we let that guy in. We got to up <laughs> our security. <laughs> Uh, and let's just talk some of these attendance numbers real quick before we go. Uh, they, they have these out. It's a list of games <laughs> that include July 9th. So they has all the dates and what mm -hmm. they're averaging. And the lowest one on here averaging is inner Miami. It looks like with 12,000. We're not much higher than them. No, you're at 13. Orlando is at 13,000. San Diego is at 13 as well. Houston at 15. They're they're climbing a little bit more now that they've been a little better. Dallas is up there with 16 now. But, you know, the highest is Atlanta with 48. Seattle's 34. Charlotte, 32. Austin, 20. So getting some good good averages. Total for MLS average, 20,000. But Orlando is a little sucky because I think they fit 25K in there. So Yeah. <clears throat> it's usually a half capacity. It's really tough, too, though. I, like, I'm not making excuses for us, but Miami and uh, like if you've ever been to some of these southern stadiums, you also probably wouldn't want to go sit there for two and a half hours in the middle of the summer here in Florida. Um, I mean, I know it's high elsewhere, but like Dallas has issues, Houston has some issues. Like maybe they should start making domes then. That's what I was thinking. I was like, let's put them inside and then see what happens. Because um, although I will say it, the Magic do an awful job with attendance here as well, so um, it's not just. Uh, soccer it's 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 every sport here well i think if orlando is more exciting i know you can say that they're in a playoff spot right now but they haven't been oh we've been awful they haven't been playing well no 
and I think fans know that just because they look at the standings doesn't mean that they're mm-hmm. like, oh, we look pretty good. Like they're gonna know how it looks. So I think that's an issue, but of course we'll see. Let's hit the match of the week preview. It's time for the match of the week preview. Match of the week preview is where we tell you what game to watch this week. If you want to watch a game tomorrow, there's only one Austin and Houston at nine o'clock on Unimas TUDN and Twitter. That's part of rivalry week as well. We have uh, on Wednesday, Atlanta versus Salt Lake at 7.30. So, ooh, can RSL overcome the Jordan curse against a team in really rough form like Atlanta? We'll see. Chicago, Toronto at 8 o'clock. Cincinnati, Vancouver at 8. D.C., Columbus at 8 o'clock. Miami, Philadelphia at 8. Another rivalry match here, Minnesota SKC, I guess. ESPN is where you can watch that. 8.30, Nashville, Seattle. <laughs> Rapids, Orlando at 8. Uh, sorry, at 9. Um, Dallas, NYC, FC at 9. And on FS1, LA Galaxy versus San Jose. Another rivalry week match. And Logan is on FS1. I'm going to call this one the Landon, Landon Donovan Classic here. <laughs> we're getting, this is what we're getting here. Um especially if he chooses to become San Jose's manager. That'd mm-hmm. be very interesting. That should be a layup for the Galaxy to get back on track that game. Especially at home. So I guess let's start with the midweek games. Any game that sticks out to you that you would recommend people to watch for these Tuesday or Wednesday games? I definitely avoid the Orlando and Colorado game. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, I guess if I had Colorado's not playing well either. Yeah, there's just not really there's not a ton of good games here, so I'm just gonna pick one at random. I'm I'm gonna go, you know what? I'm gonna go with the the Texas Cup or whatever they call that thing um, with Austin and Houston. Um, It's going to be at Austin. uh, Austin sitting uh, what could be on top of the West uh, if they collect some points here, they'll actually be sitting on top of the West because LAFC doesn't play until the weekend. So at least Austin could say, hey. We are on top of the list at one point in our, our tenure here, um, and it's just their second season. So, I mean, this is really impressive for them. I'm excited to kind of see what happens there with the transfer. Um, and then, I don't know, I, I really like the way Sebastian Jerusi, uh, Golden Boot uh, lead candidate or runner, uh, he's ahead of the pack with 11. So always excited to watch Austin, but there's just not really that many good games on midweek. So, I guess I'll watch this because I want to see if Austin could get on top of the West because their fan base would go absolutely nuts. So I think I will have to go. I really like the the Landon Donovan classic in yeah. LA, San Jose, but I'm going to go with one that actually has repercussions to the standings, mm-hmm. and that's Nashville and Seattle uh, at Nashville. Seattle dropped out of a playoff spot. Nashville's like right on the edge of a playoff spot. They're right in there. This is a chance for seattle to kind of jump over there but it's also a chance for nashville to get right after a pretty bad loss on the road and to keep that playoff spot so some good stuff on that let's go to the weekend games here we have montreal toronto at 7 30 philadelphia union versus the revs at 7 30 chicago hosting seattle at eight o'clock 
Miami, Charlotte hosted uh, Miami hosting Charlotte at eight, Minnesota, DC at eight o'clock, Rapids and LA Galaxy at nine, Dallas hosting Austin at nine o'clock. On Sunday, we have Atlanta, Orlando for a rivalry week, three o'clock on ABC, New York Red Bulls versus NYCFC at five o'clock on ESPN. Crew versus Cincinnati at 7.30 on FS1. Nashville LAFC at 8.30. RSL KC at 9.30. San Jose Houston at 9.30. And Portland Vancouver at 10.30. I'll go first this time. I think you know which one I'm going to pick here. I do. It's a game I'm going to be at. It's kind of the rule. Kind of the rule for these for me. I'm not looking forward to it. New York Red Bulls versus NYCFC, 5 o'clock ESPN on Sunday. I will be at Red Bull Arena. Red Bulls are top of the East. NYCFC is in like third or fourth, right? Uh, third. With Union in between them. So that's uh, that's going to be a pretty interesting matchup as a Union fan, but also just as a Hudson River Derby. At Red Bull Arena, which is an actual nice stadium to watch a game in compared to Yankee Stadium. So I, I am very excited for that. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with the crew and Cincinnati game. Uh, they both sit seventh and eighth uh, in the playoffs. So, or sorry, out of the playoffs for the crew and in the playoffs for Cincinnati. Um, and that game is going to be at lower.com or lower field, or whatever the hell they call it. Lower.com. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, the the they're going to be playing on the Death Star, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, they've rebuilt it; looks good. Um, but no, I'm, I'm excited for this just because I think Cincinnati uh, can finally show Ohio who is the king of Ohio. Um, I think Cincinnati right now is the better team on paper. I think they've been playing pretty well. Um, can they stop the crew defensively? That's the big question because um, Cincinnati does have a hard time defending. But if they can figure that out. Um, then I, I guess it'll be a good thing, and they can beat Crew. I don't know what they call their little cup, though. Like, is Hell it is real. Pipe? Hell is real. Is that their cup? Okay. Oh, that's the Derby name. Yeah. I don't know if they have a. Yeah, I don't know if they have a cup name. Uh, I give them a cup name. It'll be the Skyline Bowl. Um, speaking of which, we're getting a Skyline Chili here, so that's exciting. That's another reason I'll be rooting for Cincinnati um, because I want to see them, <laughs> and I love the Weigel Twins. So naturally, I'll just root for Cincinnati, but. No, I'm really excited to see what they've You're got. You're saying the um, crew are going to find out that hell is indeed real. Yes, in this hell game. is indeed real. Yes, yes. Um, and the northern team, uh, they're colder than ice. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. But uh, Shaq Moore was rumored to go to Cincinnati. Jordan, I don't know if you saw that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, That's been a rumor, um, which would help them tremendously. Um, but I'm not sure it's the step Shaq wants to take right now. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. But if I'm going to play for anybody, I'll be Pat Noonan will be uh, high on the list. Yeah. And I think, um, I think something that is a a runner up here would be Nashville LAFC because I think that one just looks fun. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll be home by then. I'm not sure. Probably not. That's an eight 30 game. Maybe my dad will be driving. I'll be watching it and the passengers there you or go. something. But yeah, so there we go. Hitting up uh, New York NYCFC. So I'm hoping to have fun with that. Still trying to work on my video for the RSL one. I keep telling my wife to like send me the video file she took because she took some video while I was taking video. 
and she keeps forgetting to do that. So I'm gonna have to keep keep pressing on her and say, "Hey, can you send me those videos again?" She's fired. <laughs> also, Saturday, I'm probably gonna miss some of those games because I'm gonna be at Everton Arsenal in Baltimore. So that'll be a game that I will be making an appearance at. So that'll be fun. Matt Turner, you'll get to see Maddie. Maybe. I mean, he's, he's been, pl- he's he's been, been playing, playing in their right? friendlies. Yeah, I know. He didn't have a good save on one of them. And people started freaking out already. That's because he's an American goalkeeper. It's the night drive. You know, we can add our own music in here now. Ooh, so then I can play like the violin or something. Well, I was going to say we could put our theme song. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. <laughs> wow. I don't know if I want... Yeah. But my sister played the violin growing up, but I'm kind of violined out. Yeah. And I'm not sure you would be that good at it. No, but I would sure keep you stringing along. Uh, did you ever play an instrument? Uh, piano. Really? Yeah. yeah, randomly. The piano. And everybody played a recorder, right? Like, that was an everybody thing. Yeah, that was an everybody yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah, I played the, played the piano, yeah. Not long, I hated it. Couldn't spend that much time sitting in front of something. It was so boring. <laughs> Interesting. I played uh, clarinet. Did you really? Bass clarinet, yeah. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, you learned something new. We've known each know. other nine years, and you just right. found that out. Isn't that wild? Almost a decade. Holy <laughs> crap. It is crazy. Well... If you want to give us any sort of follows, you can reach us on all of our platforms at Stateside Show. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I haven't put too much on there. I, you know what I'll do? Darn it. I should have done that while I was there. I'll, I'll, I'll try to do some TikTok stuff for when we're in stadiums. going to New York and going to other stadiums. Yeah. That's a good idea, darn it. Okay, well, man, I could have done so much stuff. <laughs> now I'm going to sit here and that's going to bother me. <laughs> the next that's few right. hours here where I'm like, I, then I started thinking like, did I create that after yeah. the trip? No, I created it before the trip. I know that. I'll have to text you and remind you in a couple hours that you didn't do it. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, reach us at all of those platforms. Follow us on TikTok, I guess, if you want. But I uh, hope everyone has a great rest of their week. Enjoy the midweek action. Enjoy the weekend action. And we'll catch you all next time for episode 130, Logan. Oh, wow. It's a yeah, lot. That is. <laughs> it's a lot of Logan and Jordan. That is a lot. So if anybody's been listening for that long, we appreciate it. Don't know how you put up with us. But thank you for listening, and we'll catch you all next week. Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.